Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners, to your duo back-to-back remastered old-time radio episode. Straight from the old-time radio vault, oh yeah. Cannot wait to play Rendezvous with Murder and the Eyes of Shiva. Cram packed full of mystery, attempted murder, and deliciously expensive jewellery. Now folks, this episode will have a little bit more crackle and pop than usual. The audio files were heavily distorted and stripping out any more noise as aggressively as I have to would impact the audio quite immensely. So, I've opted to be gentle with what I have and cut around the medium to hard noise that I could slice out safely. That being said, it is very much still quality, albeit a couple of pops and crackles. But fares much, much better than the original, trust me. Before we begin, a big thank you to Solstra, who has supported me via Patreon, a return Patreon actually, and a lovely, lovely person. I raise my cup of tea to you, mate, and may we all, in celebration of your support. If you think you have some spare dollary dues, swing on over to my Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash SFGT. And you'll be able to see how to support the show, and of course me, where every single dollary do flies right back into production. Now, turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and let's dig into both of your remastered episodes, where crime doesn't pay. The Avengers' sworn enemy of evil is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator, by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which pokes him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and Rendezvous with Murder. There's a train coming, Bates. We'd better hide over there behind the bushes until it goes past. Oh, nobody will notice us, Tamper. It's nearly done. I'm not taking any chances. Come on. You're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're out of sight here. Yeah, well, who's going to see us out here on this lonely road? I'd like to know. The brakeman or the engineer, maybe. How many years do you have to spend in the pen before you learn not to take any chances on witnesses? Lay off that tavern, will you? We're out now, ain't we? Yeah, I'm not forgetting them five years, Bates. And all because you bungle a small-time stick-up. Why, we could have pulled this Glenhurst bang job long ago if we hadn't landed in the jug. Fly low so the train goes past. Yeah. Okay, it's gone. Let's get out of here, Tapper. This, this place gives me the creeps. Yeah. I just as soon forget what happened to this crossing myself. Mm. Say... Is this the spot where we planted that contractor on the track six years ago? Sure it is. Yeah, right down the road. 
There's a place where you and me jumped out of the car and sent it headlong into the 815. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I recognize it now. Hey, what'd you come this way for, Tapper? I don't, I don't like to think of that guy we bumped off. You know, murder's one rap you can't... Shut up. Nobody said it was murder, did they? The police said it was an accident, just like we planned. It was a pretty slick job all around. Well, maybe, but I still don't see why we had to park our car and come this way. I suppose you'd sooner go down Main Street so everybody could get a gander at us, huh? Oh, right here. Turn, turn this way, through these gates. Hey, Tapper, what's the idea? That's a graveyard. Sure. And there ain't a better place for two guys to lay low for a couple hours. Come on. Oh, I don't like this, Tapper. It's it's like, well, like the coppers are always shooting off about. Returning to the scene of the crime. It's, it's like we was trying to put a jinx on ourselves. Oh, damn, that kind of gab. What's the matter, Bates? Are you turning yellow? No. Only I Come on, just... then. We'll go over there under them trees and stretch out and have a smoke. Yeah. Well, how long we got to wait in this place? Well, it won't be safe to start working on the bank until close to midnight. I figure it shouldn't take us more than an hour to pull out that little section of wall, grab the swag, cover our tracks, and hit the road. All right. Yeah, let's, let's sit down here. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, give me a light, will you, Bates? Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, look at that, will you? What now? That, that tombstone. L- look what it says. Put your flashlight on it and, and stop blubbering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Hold it steady, will you? Okay. In memory of Peter Moultrie. It's a contractor guy we bumped off. That was his name, Moultrie. P- Peter Moultrie. Hey, yeah, that's him, all right. Well, I'm getting out of here. Stay where you are, Bates. This guy, Moultrie's been dead and buried for almost six years. He can't hurt us. Yeah, but, Tapper, I tell you, this place is a jinx. Let's pull out, huh? Are you nuts? Sit down. We've got some plans to make. Yeah, but this job's got the finger on it, Tapper. I I can feel Shut it. up and listen to me. There's a couple of hundred grand just waiting for us down there in the Glenhurst Bank. All we got to do is go in and take it. I know. Now, but here's the it... blueprint of the bank I snitched when we was helping build the place. Hold, hold the light a little lower. All right. Uh, okay. Now, here's the section of the back wall we rigged. Plenty of room to crawl through. Yeah, but what if somebody hears us knocking the wall out? Not a chance. We fixed that section so it's as weak as putty. Now, this muffled hammer will loosen the bricks. Well, are you sure about the alarm, Tapper? Sure. Hey, remember how we looped the wires? Uh-huh. That'll keep the alarm dead within the limits I've marked here. Now... How about the vault? You got all that dope straight, Bates? Yeah, yeah, I can open that all right. Now, we've got to be careful about fingerprints. Don't forget, we've got to wreck it now, and they'll nab us pronto if we leave any calling cards. Mm-hmm. I got all that. Okay. Now, after we put the dough in the car, we go back and patch up that hole in the wall. That's the part I don't like. I don't see why you want to do that. Because that'll give us a whole extra day to get away. That's why. Now, this is Saturday night. If nobody notices anything wrong with the wall... The stick-up won't be discovered until Monday morning. Yeah. I guess you're right at that. Oh, now, let's grab a couple hours' rest. We'll need it when we start driving. Here? Yeah? Sure. This is the best place in the world to sleep. <laughs> Sweet dreams, pal. <laughs> What's that? Huh? Hey, damn her! Hey, damn her! 
Take it easy, Pete. Where would you? Wait a minute. It's only a dog running down toward the freight yard. Oh. What time is it, Tapper? Uh, 10.30. It's time for us to start moving, huh? Bates, I've been thinking. There's just one thing that could trip us up on this job. What's that? It's a long shot, but it's the kind of long shot I don't like. Listen, Tapper, you can count me out if it ain't foolproof. I ain't going to do anything. We can make it foolproof, Bates. Um, I, I don't get you. Well, when we was... Helping build that bank. We went under phony names and kept to ourselves. Yeah, we was careful, all right. You you wouldn't let me go no yeah, place. Yeah, but you remember Murphy's little girl coming around one day and taking pictures of all the men on the job? No, no, I don't remember that. Well, she did. Later, I got the negatives from her, but now I'm wondering if she might have kept them pictures. Well, what if she did? What's the difference? Plenty. The minute this stick-up's discovered and they get a gander at that pulled-out wall... The coppers will know was framed by somebody who helped build the place. <laughs> and then they'll start investigating all them guys, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but they'll be up a blind alley about us because of them phony names. Huh? That's where the pictures figure in. That girl would turn them in and the police would match them up with two guys in the rogues gallery by the name of Tapper and Bates. Oh, that sells it. Count me out. Nothing doing. You and me are going to pay a little visit to Miss Janice Moultrie. We've got to get them pictures. Oh, not me. You're not I... afraid to steal a few snapshots from a kid, are you? No, only... Well, look, Tapper, she she won't be a kid now. She, she'd be grown up. So what? Nothing, I guess. Well, when do we get started? In another ten minutes. Say, Tapper, what if that Moultrie girl gets in our way? Then it's just going to be too bad for her. Because I'm not going to let any dame stand between me and that money. We'll get them pictures, Bate. If we have to plant that girl right down there beside her old man. Jim, it was sweet of you to drive all the way down here to Glenhurst to take Janice and me to the charity rally. Pure selfishness on my part, Fern. I miss you when you go away for weekends. Well, that's nice. For a while, it looked as though both Janice and I were going to be stood up. Why? I thought Bill Cummings was going along. He called Janice half an hour ago. He has to work. Oh. Something about drawing up a will for a sick client. Oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to seeing Bill again. Well, maybe after the rally. No, I can't. Inspector White's going to call me at my hotel at 11.30. I'll have to be there to get his call. We'll have to leave the rally early then. Dinner will be ready in a few minutes. I bet you'll both starve. Oh, Fern is always starving, Janice. Tell me, did she have an appetite like that when she went to school? Always. But how she managed to keep slim on it was what stymied the rest of us. I see where I'm in for a ribbon. <laughs> Jim, I'm awfully glad you could come. I wanted to talk to you about Dad. Your father? Yes. Janice still isn't convinced that it was an accident, Jim. No, I'm not, Jim. Oh, I know it was a long time ago, and Everyone seems to have forgotten all about it except me. Well, it's natural for you to feel like that, Janice, but the police investigated the case thoroughly at the time, and there was no hint of foul play. I know all that, Jim, but I knew my father. He was a most careful driver, and it was never established what he was doing out there on that lonely road that night. Well, I'll recheck all the evidence tomorrow, if it'll make you feel any better, Janice. Thanks, Jim. Oh, hello, Bosco, old boy. Come here, boy. <laughs> Why, I believe old Bosco's glad to see me. Oh, Bosco, get down. No, no, it's all right, Dennis. Come on, boy. Hiya, boy. Hiya. So We'd better go Come into on, dinner boy. now so we can get started for the rally.
Don't bother getting out of the car, Jim. You'd better drive straight to the hotel to get the inspector's call. Yeah, it's uh, 11 o'clock now. After your call comes, Jim, why don't you pick up Bill at his office and both of you come back for a snack? Yes, too. Oh, that'll be fine. Now, let's see. Bill's office is on the second floor of the bank building, isn't it? That's right. We'll expect you in about an hour, then. Yeah, maybe less. So long. Bye, Jim. I wonder where Bosco is. He usually meets us at the gate. Oh, he's probably down at the freight yard. The men down there on the meat cars are always feeding him. Oh, they spoil him terribly. Where's my key? Oh, here it is. Oh, I'm glad you're here, Fern. I always dread coming into this house alone when Aunt Martha's away. What was that? Bosco must be here. Turn on the living room light, Fern. Bosco? Bosco, where are you? Stay right where you are, both of you. What do you want? What are you men doing in my house? We just dropped in to have a look at your picture album, Miss Moultrie. My picture album? Yeah, where is it? I won't tell you. No? Maybe this gun will make you change your mind. Now I remember you. I remember both of you. You worked for my father on the bank construction job six years ago. You've got a good memory, Miss Moultrie, and that's just too bad for you. Now talk. Where's them pictures? I won't give them to you. Well, we'll see. Give her the arm treatment, bait. I'll keep this other dame covered. All right, sister. Start singing and make it fast. We're in a hurry. Let me go. Come on. No. No, I won't tell. Let her alone. Help. Help. Shut up, you. Well, Miss Moultrie, are you going to talk or does Bates have to break your arm? Oh, tell them, Janice. Don't let them hurt you like that. All right. Let go of my arm. I'll tell you. Be quick about it, then. The album's in a chest in that closet. Hit it, Bates. Okay. I know what you're after now. You want those pictures I took of you. Smart girl. Too smart. Hey, did you find it, Bates? Yeah, the album's here, all right. Well, hurry up. See if the pictures are in it. Yeah, well. Uh, here they are. Hey, they're good, too. Now, will you take them and get out of here? We'd be pretty dumb to do that, wouldn't we? No, you two dames are coming with us. Coming with you? Why? Security reasons. I've learned that the only good witness is a dead witness. You can't get away with a thing like this. You Bates, know you... Go bring the car up in front of the house. We're all going for a little ride. And now, back to the Avenger and the rendezvous with murder. This is the freight yard. Why have you brought us here? We're going to let you off easy. We're sending you two dames off on a little trip. What are you talking about? You'll see. Pull up here, Tepper. Uh, get out and open up one of them refrigerator cars, Bates. Sure. No. No, please. You're Come not on. To... This is the end of the line. Get out. Fern, what can we do? Nothing. Get out, I said. One peep out of either of you and it'll be your last. How you doing, Bates? Over here, Tapper. These cars are packed and ready to go. I got one of the doors open, though. Okay. Throw the dames in. Okay, come on. Oh, please, not get in there. I'd rather be fired. Throw her inside, Bates. All yeah, right, Tapper. Now the other one. Come no. on. Come on, yeah. Victor. Yeah. Get in there. There we are. Now close the door and fix the lock. Wait. Okay. 
That's that. Come on, Bates. Keep pounding, Janice. Maybe someone will hear us before the freight pulls out. I can't, Fern. My hands are getting numb. Oh, pound hard. It'll keep the circulation going. What's the use? We're doomed, Fern. We might as well face oh, it. Janice, don't give up, please. It's Fosco. Oh, yes. Call to him, Janice. Fosco. Fosco, it's Janice. Get help, Fosco. What happened? Help. Jim Brandon, Bill. Well, must have gone, I guess. Well, that's strange. Bill wouldn't leave his office unlocked. I'll just take a look. What's that hammering, I wonder? Coming from below that back window. Oh, something very interesting going on down there. I wonder if Bill could have seen that. I'll flash my light around here before I get... Bill! Somebody knocking out cold. Oh, it looks as though this is another job for the Avenger. Hold it a minute, Bates. Huh? What's up? Yeah. It's a copper pounding his beat on the other side of the street. That Flatfoot better keep moving if he knows what's good for Shut him. up. Is he gone? Yeah. He, he's just turning the corner now. Okay. We can get back to work. Right. Uh, I'm finished at this end. How about you, Bates? Well, just a little more. Okay. Did you check the wire stepper? Yeah. Uh, just like we left them six years ago. Okay, I'm ready. Good. Crawl in. The vault's right inside on the left. Yeah, yeah, I know. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what a setup. This plan was foolproof. Here's the vault, Bates. Get busy. Hey, uh, give me some light here, will you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Got to hand it to you, Tepper. This was a pretty sweet idea you dreamed up six years ago. Now you're willing to admit it was worth bumping off Moultrie for, huh? <laughs> sure was. You know, that door is as good as ours right now. What was that? You heard a funny noise. Yeah, so did I, but, but there can't be anybody in here. Can't there, Tapper? Who's there? It's the Avenger, Tapper. I'm here to settle an old score for Peter Moultrie. Somebody framed us, Tapper. Let's blow. No. He's one against the two of us. We can take care of him. Grab that crowbar, Bates. I'll flash the light around. We'll find him. There's nobody here, Tepper. He's gone. No, I'm still here, Bates, but you can't see me. The boys came from that corner. Start swinging, Bates. Oh, hey, somebody. 
Somebody hit him. Swing in your fool. We've got him cornered. Well, I think I hit something, Tepper. Hey, give me the light. Yeah. I don't see nothing. That's mighty funny. I hit somebody, but there's nobody here. You're nuts. He got away. That's what. Yeah. Come on, Bates. we got to take it on the lamp. The cops will be here in a minute. They won't get far. As soon as I set off this burglar alarm, I'll start out. Step on a chapper. I'm giving her all she got. This jalopy ain't got wings, you know. Hey, hey, look, chapper. There's a car following her. Yeah? Hey, you're right. Hey, it must be that Avenger guy. I told you you didn't get him. I did. I hit him, but then he... Then he disappeared, I know. He scrammed. That's what he did. Hey, he's gaining on us. Give him a dose of lead, Bates. It's him or us now. Well, I'll try to hit his tire. Uh, did you get him? No, he's still coming. He's turned his headlights off. Try again. Hey, we're going too fast, Happer. I can't get a bead on him. Hey... There's the railroad crossing up ahead, and the freight's coming. Yeah. If we can beat that freight to the crossing, we can lose this guy. It'll be close, but it's our only chance. Sit tight. What's the matter with the car, Tepper? I don't know. The engine. It sounds like that again. Can't make it, Tepper. Stop. We gotta make it. Hey, we're still on the track. Over here, bring the light. Well, if I ever saw anybody ask for what they got, those fellas did. Know who they were? Yeah, they just broke into the bank in Glenhurst. I saw them making a getaway and follow. Yeah? Well, they didn't get far. No, they certainly didn't. Say that, Bosco. Come here, Bosco. We must Come have here, followed boy. the freight all the way from the yard. Down, down, Bosco, down. What's the matter, boy? What is it? I that a scrap from that refrigerator car. I don't think so. I'm going to have a look. What is it, Bosco? What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Somebody's in there. What's up? Somebody's inside that car, Brakeman. I heard a pounding on the door. I don't hear anything. Open up that car. I tell you, there's someone in there. Listen, bud, there can't be anybody in there. That's a sealed car. Sealed? Take a look at that door. That railroad seal's been broken. Yeah, you're right. Okay, mister, I'll open her up. Well, I'll be. It's Fern, Janet. Give me a hand, Brayton. Sure. There, there. It's all right, Fern. You're safe now. Here, quick. Help me get them out of here. They're almost frozen. Are you sure you feel well enough to drive home today, Fern? Yes, I'm all right now, Jim. Of course, I don't feel in the mood for any winter sports yet. Have another hot drink, Fern. Thank you, Janet. There's just one more thing I'm not quite clear on, Jim. And what's that, Janet? Why did those criminals try to get rid of Bill? I think Bill can get you straight on that. What happened, Bill? 
Well, I was hard at work in my office when I heard a strange hammering sound below the back window. I looked out and saw two men down below. But when I called down to find out what was going on, they just disappeared around the side of the building. I decided to go down and investigate. But before I had time to get out of the office, the two men came in. One of them turned off the light and covered me with a flashlight. The other one must have worked his way around behind me and hit me over the head. Then when Jim came to call for you, he discovered what was going on. That's right. As soon as I saw what Tapper and Bates were up to, I went down and drained the gasoline out of their car and then followed them into the bank. I wanted to get a line on them, so I listened to them talking for a while before I did anything. What did you find out, Jim? Well, they were boasting about how they'd planned the robbery six years ago. Evidently, Janice's father discovered what they were doing, so they killed him and made it look like an accident. But if you were in the bank with them, Jim, how did they make a getaway in their car? Well, that hole in the wall left the bank wide open. I had to sound the alarm before I followed them. Anyway, I knew they couldn't get far with a gas tank that was practically empty. It really seems as though those two men had a rendezvous with justice at that crossing, doesn't it? Yes, it was another so-called perfect crime that backfired. Well, you just try to put it out of your mind now, Janice. Okay, Bill. Come on, I'll put a fresh dressing on your head. The doctor said to change it every hour. Yes, Miss. We'll be back in a minute. Take your time. Jim, one doesn't have to be a detective to figure out that we'll be coming to Glenhurst for a wedding very soon. It certainly looks that way, Fern. Jim, do you suppose that we could... Could, uh, what, Fern? Do you suppose that we could... Could have picked up all this on a telepathic indicator if we had stayed at home? All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is thought. A thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. Come in. Oh, uh, good evening, Mr. Thurmont. Hello, Croft. Have a chair, Thurmont. What's on your mind? As though you didn't know. Well, I can guess, of course. When a young man about town calls on a gambler in his office... That means he's broke, Croft. I want you to okay another I.O.U. for me. Fairmont, you're in too deep. I can't give you any more credit. Listen, Croft, don't try any of those cold-shoulder tactics on me. I've lost a fortune in this club. That's just the point. You already owe me 35 grand, Fairmont. When are you going to pay up? You'll get your money. But I've got to have a little time. That's what you've been saying for a month. Now, let's get down to cases, Fairmont. Either you pay up or I use my own methods of collecting. I see. You're all set to give me the works, aren't you, Croft? If necessary. Give me one more week and I can raise the money. Sorry. I need more than your word for that, Fairmont. May I ask where you expect to get that kind of money? From my Aunt Lydia. Mrs. Wimbersham? Yes. What makes you think she'll advance you 35000 just for the asking? She'll have to. And if she doesn't? Then, well, I have another way of getting it. 
No, sir, Mark. I can't accept vague promises any longer. I'll give you 24 hours to raise the dough. I can't do it in that time. You'll have to make it a week, Croft, if you want to collect your money. What's your plan, then? I've got to know my chances. Well, you've heard of my aunt's rubies, the famous Eyes of Shiva. Who hasn't? I've got a customer for those rubies, Croft. You... You mean you plan to steal the rubies from your aunt? Well, if you want to put it as crudely as that, yes. They'll be mine someday anyway, so I might as well get them now and they can do me the most good. And if you're caught? I don't think Aunt Lydia would prosecute the family name and all that. This uh, brave customer you spoke of, who is he? It seems unbelievable to me that anyone would be foolish enough to buy such famous stones. Those rubies can never be put on the market. They'll be too hot. My customer will give me 200000 for them. And he has no desire to market them. 200000 Who has that kind of dough? A rich Indian importer. He's tried to buy the rubies from my aunt directly, but she won't sell. You see, those stones have a special significance to the people of his country. At one time, those rubies were the eyes of an ancient statue of the goddess Shiva. This rich Indian owns that statue now, and he wants to have the eyes replaced. Well, I don't know. That statue stuff's all Greek to me. I never even heard about this Shiva goddess. You should have, Krupp. Shiva is the goddess of thugs. She has seven arms and strangles all who do not please her. I'd say she speaks your language, Croft. Hmm. Sounds like a very interesting game. Well, Croft, in case my aunt refuses to give me the money, are you willing to give me that week's grace to get the rubies? All right, Thermont. I'll play ball. Good. Take a few days to work on your aunt for the money, though, before you risk stealing the rubies. Thirty-five grand in a hand is worth more than two hundred thousand in some goddess's eyes. It's a deal, Croft. We have a date then, Thermont. A week from tonight. Let's, uh, have a drink on it. Everyone in the Blue Book has turned out for this opening. Well, it certainly does, Fern. A nightclub opening, too. Ah, I guess the place is made. If they squeeze us in any tighter here, we won't dare eat any dinner. Oh, now we must avoid that catastrophe at any cost. Oh, Jim, help me pick out the celebrities. Well, uh, let's see. There's the mayor over there. And at the table next to him are Mrs. Lydia Wimbersham and her nephew, Hollis Thurman. Oh, I've heard of her. She's the richest woman in the state, isn't she? Yes, but young Hollis is doing everything he can to relieve her of that honor. Oh, Fern, she's wearing her rubies, the earrings. Gee, are those the famous eyes of Shiva rubies? That's right, Fern. Oh, good heavens, I never thought I'd see such jewels in a nightclub. Mrs. Wimbersham doesn't appear in public very often, but when she does, she makes folks sit up and take notice. Gosh, this is exciting. Jim, let's dance. I want to get a closer look at those rubies. (laughs) All right, Fern, let's go. (laughs) 
Well, Aunt Lydia, did you have a good time? I did, Hollis. You were a dear to invite me. It's quite a nice club. I suppose you noticed that your rubies got more attention than the floor show. Well, this is the first time I've worn them in a year. I was surprised. Why did you wear them tonight, Aunt Lydia? It's your uncle's birthday, Hollis. When he was living, I always wore the rubies on his birthday. And since his death, I've continued to do so. You knew that. Of course. I'd forgotten. Hollis, what's the matter? You've seemed preoccupied all evening. Oh, it's the same old thing, Auntie. You're not having money troubles again, Hollis. I'm afraid I am, Aunt Lydia. How much are you overdrawn this time? It's worse than that. I might as well tell you the truth, Auntie. I'm in debt for 35000 Hollis, how did that happen? Why, I've always given you a generous allowance. Hollis, have you been gambling again? After you promised me... I know, I know. I, I'm wrong, and I admit it. But that doesn't satisfy my creditors. Hollis, I won't give you the money this time. What am I to do, then? I don't know. You gave me your word when I paid your debts last time that it wouldn't happen again. And now this. You'll have to settle your debts as best you can on your allowance. That sounds final, Aunt Lydia. It is, Hollis. Believe me, my boy, it's for your own good. It's high time you settled down and lived on your income. All right. Let's forget it, Auntie. Don't lecture me tonight. Do you want James to drive you home, Hollis? No. I was hoping you'd invite me in for a nightcap. Oh, of course. Come along. That's all for tonight, James. Good night. We'll have to serve ourselves, though. I gave the servants the night off. That's all right, Auntie. Give me your key. I'll open the door. Here. Those servants have left all the lights burning again. Uh, Go into the library, Hollis. I'll join you in a minute. Where are you going, Auntie? I want to put these earrings in the safe in the living room. Go ahead. Mix yourself something to drink, Hollis. Right. Don't be long. I'll send these rubies back to the vault tomorrow. I feel uneasy having them here in the safe. Oh, it's a relief to get them off. They're so heavy. Let me see. The combination is three, one, oh, seven. There. Into your little box, back in the safe. Startled me. I'm sorry. I, uh, I came in to ask if you think we might find the makings of a sandwich. That nightclub dinner was on the meager side. Oh, of course. I'll see what's in the icebox. You know, Hollis, I don't think I'll ever wear the eyes of Shiva in public again. Why not? Well, I had the strangest feeling tonight. Oh, it's silly, I know, but... Suddenly, I thought of the rubies as real eyes, huge, glaring red eyes, staring back at all those people. Come now, Auntie. None of your morbid fancies tonight. (laughs) All right, Alice. I'm sorry. Uh, Bring the drinks into the kitchen and help me with the sandwich. Right. I'll be with you in a moment.
I hear footsteps in this room. Who's there? Who are you? What do you want? I want the combination to your safe, Mrs. Wimbisham. No. No. Get out of here. Now, if you'll just be calm and do as I say, you won't get hurt. No use to reach for the phone. The wires are cut. This is an outrage. Come downstairs and open up that safe, or... Well, I'm prepared to kill you if I have to. It's up to you. All right. I'll come. After you, Mrs. Wimbersham. You're after the rubies, of course. But what good will they do you? No one will dare buy them. I'll worry about that. This way. Okay. Now suppose you open up the safe. Three. One. Oh. Seven. Very simple. Should have been able to figure that out for myself. All right, take out the rubies. What sort of a game is this? They're not here. You've already taken them. No stalling now. Fish them out. They're not here, I tell you. Look for yourself. Stand back. They're not here. And you knew they weren't. Talk fast, Mrs. Wimbersham. Where are those rubies? I don't know. I put them in the safe less than two hours ago. And now they're gone. You're lying. Where are they? Honestly, I don't know. I'm going to get those rubies, Mrs. Wimbersham, if I have to choke the truth out of you. Believe me, I'd tell you if I knew. Well, we'll see about that. Talk! Take your heads away. You're choking. Where are they? I don't know. Please, I... Answer. Quick, or I'll finish the job. I, I don't know what happened to them. I, I don't know. Where are they? My rubies. The eyes of Gina. Honestly, Jim, I feel terribly sorry for Inspector White. I'm afraid he'll be out of office if he doesn't break the Wimbledon murder soon. Well, Fern, it's been almost a week now since it happened, and the newspapers are playing it up big. Frankly, it's a very puzzling one. Jim, haven't you been able to pick up anything on the telepathic indicator that might help? No, I haven't. If I'd been at the indicator the night the murder was committed, I probably could have. But by the time we found out about it, the strong emotional impulses that surround a death by violence had weakened, and I to pick up only confused impressions. Jim, do you think Mrs. Wimbersham's nephew could have done it? Well, evidently the police don't think so, Fern. They released Thurmont yesterday. Oh, that must be Inspector White now. Now Let him in, will you, Fern? Yes, sir. Hello, Inspector. Come in, Jim's waiting for you. Thanks, Fern. In the laboratory, Inspector. Good morning, Inspector. Well, nothing good about it, Brandon. Have a chair, and let's hear what's on your mind, Inspector. Well, look here, Jim. I'm going to put my cards on the table. I'm up a blind alley on this Wimbersham case. I see by the papers that you've released Thurma. Well, we had to. He had an airtight alibi, for the murder at least. That leaves you high and dry for a suspect, doesn't it, Inspector? Never higher and never dry, Fern. Well, Inspector, I don't know whether you want my advice or not. Usually you don't. Stop rubbing it in, Jim. You got any ideas? Spill them. I'm open to anything. Okay, Inspector. If you're really asking me, I'd say the Hollis Thurman had such a good motive for both the murder and the theft that he might be the connecting link between them, provided both crimes were not committed by the same person. Well, we've got a tail on him every minute of the day and night. And if he gets in touch with anybody, we'll know it. And where is he now? At the country club, playing golf. Playing golf? 
Mr. Van's death couldn't have affected him much. I've got an idea, Inspector. Call off your men and let Fern and me trail Thurman for the rest of the day. Okay. But call in a report to my office every hour, Jim. And don't give out any statements to the newspaper. Why, Inspector, you used to love... Now, listen here, Jim. Just because you got me up a tree... All right, all right, Inspector. No feature stories until you solve the case. Come on, Fern. You and I are going to brush up on our golf. Jim, I've hit another ball out of bounds. But my dear Miss Collier, the idea is to keep your eye on the ball, remember? Yes, that's just the trouble. I'm trying to keep one eye on the ball and the other on Hollis Thurmont playing there ahead of us. Oh. Jim, I'm convinced that young Thurmont can't be guilty. And why not, Fern? He's playing too good a game. His conscience must be clear. Now, he's good, all right. We've been following him for 16 holes and he's made at least 10 of them in par. We're in good company. That man playing behind us is good, too. Yes, I've noticed that. Look, Jim. Yeah. Fairmont is teeing off for the 17th hole. Let's watch for a minute. All right, if you think it will improve your game. Mm. <sighs> I can't believe it. He sliced that one badly. He hit it way out of bounds in the rough. He's setting up another one. Oh, he sliced that one, too. And it landed in exactly the same place as the other. That 17th hole must be a jink. Look, Jim. Thurmont is mad. He's going to stop playing. Would you folks mind if I played through you? Oh, no, not at all. Go ahead. Thanks. Thank you very much. Not at all. Well, that fellow's just as good as Thurmont. Now he's ready for the 17th hole. Wonder how he'll make out. Oh, Thurmont's going toward the clubhouse, Fern. we better go. We don't want to give him a chance to slip away from here without us. All right, Jim. Jim, did you see that? Yes. That fellow who played through us sliced his ball just like Thurmont did. And it landed in the same place, too. But he's going after him. Well, now, that's a very strange coincidence. I want... Jim, we'd better hurry if we want to catch up with Thurmont. Yeah, right, Fern. Come on. Did Thurmont come out of the clubhouse yet, Fern? Yes, a few moments ago, Jim. He went around to get his car. I just called the inspector. He says we're to stay with Thurmont. Oh, we'd better get in the car, then, and be ready to follow. Right. I think we're on a cold trail, though. Thurmont hasn't even spoken to anyone out here. Help! Help! Get the police! What's happened? Mr. Thurmont, he's been strangled in his car! Call Inspector White at police headquarters, attendant. Yes, sir. Tell him to get out here right away. Yes, Oh, Jim, I can't believe it. Why, only a few moments ago, I... I want you to get a caddy and go down to the rough and get those golf balls. The golf balls? Why, what in the world can they have to do with Never it? mind that now. Get those golf balls and bring them back here. All right, Jim. And in the meantime, I'll see if I can pick up the trail of Thurmont's murderer. Well, Brandon, now that we're back at headquarters and can't be overheard, what have you got to say for yourself? Not a thing, Inspector. Evidently, Thurmont's murderer was waiting for him in his car. Thurmont was strangled in exactly the same way as his aunt. It happened very suddenly, Inspector. Why, we just gave Thurmont a few minutes to drive around the clubhouse in his car so that we could follow him. Don't worry about that, Fern. If the murderer hadn't caught up with him there, it would have happened somewhere else. But the newspapers are screaming for my scalp nonetheless. We'll get the murderer, Inspector. All we have to do is find that man who followed Fern and me on the golf course. He's our man. What makes you so sure of that, Jim? Because Fern found only one golf ball when she went down to the rough. Thurmont hit two down. And our suspect hit one down there. 
Now, if our suspect really went down there to recover his own ball, he would either have picked up his own and left Thurmont's two, or picked up all three. Since he left one ball there, he must have picked up Thurmont's two. It was too far out of bounds for ordinary stray balls. Where does that get us? Yes, Jim, I don't see what difference it makes whose golf balls he picked up. If those two golf balls Thurmont sliced into the rough had the rubies in them, it would make plenty of difference, wouldn't it? Jim, do you think... I certainly do, Inspector. Thurmont deliberately knocked those balls into the rough for somebody to pick up. And we know who recovered those balls. We do? Who? Jim means we know what the man looks like. Inspector, I want to see every picture you've got of known criminals in this state. Come on, Fern, we're going to work. Okay. Well, uh, this batch of pictures just came in this morning. Mostly parole jumpers believed headed this way. Well, now that sounds like a good bet. No local criminal would have taken such risks of being recognized. Here, Fern, you look through that batch. Oh, this is the craziest case I've ever worked on. None of it makes any sense. Well, it's beginning to, Inspector. Well, not to me. Be patient for another day or two, Inspector, and you'll have the newspapers eating out of your hand. Jim, Jim here he is. What? This is the man who played through us on the golf course. Why, sure enough. Clyde Devers, jewel thief, served sentences in... Looks like you've hit on something, Jim. Inspector, have your men track down this golf ball. What for, Jim? I believe Devers was fronting this job for someone. Let's shoot for the jackpot, Inspector. This is Clutcher Croft's place, Vern. According to the inspector's list, Croft buys the type of golf ball Devers used. Oh, but what makes you think Croft is our likeliest prospect, Jim? Young Thurmont owed him money. Well, it's worth a try. Now, that's Croft's office straight through the entrance hall. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what to say. And don't be frightened, because when Croft opens the door to let you in, the Avenger will be right behind you. I'm not afraid, Jim. Good girl. Go ahead, then. Mr. Croft? Yes? What do you want? Come in and close the door. Mr. Croft, I'm from the firm Byers and Kimbling. We're in charge of settling the Wimbledon estate, and I'm getting a list of Hollis Thurmont's creditors. What was the amount Mr. Thurmont owed you? Since when our gambling debts paid off by an estate? You wouldn't happen to be a detective, would you? Why, no, I'm... Devers! Devers, come in here! What's up, Croft? Miss Dane. From the police, I think. Lock the doors, David. Now, uh, speak up, miss. Just who are you? I, I just came here on a hunch. I thought I might find the eyes of Sheba Ruby here. Why, this is the dame that was on the golf course. The day I... The day you murdered Thurmond, isn't that right, Devers? Who's that? Where did that voice come from? From the Avenger, Croft. The Avenger? We're sunk, Clutcher. Not yet, Devers. Grab the girl. No. We can't see the Avenger, but we can see her. Carl, with your gun. Reach, you... You're playing the fool, Devers. Croft is double-crossing you. He's edging toward the inner office to make his getaway. No, you don't, Croft. You're not hanging this rap on me. Take it easy, Devers. Stay where you are, or I'll drill you. It's every man for himself now, Devers. Come back here, Croft. You've had that coming for a long time, Clutcher. My gun. Pick it up, young lady. I knocked it out of your hand. Everybody. I have it, Avenger. Stand back against the wall, Devers. Shoot him if he makes a move. It was Croft, I tell you. He hired me. He, he engineered the whole thing. He's oh, the man you... dead, Devers. Save your story for the police. Oh. 
Splint, Jim. Devers is ready to talk now. Now, at last, I was beginning to think he'd never break. All right, Devers. Why did you kill Lydia Wimbersham? Because I thought she was lying when she said she didn't know where the rubies were. Didn't it occur to you that Thurmont might have taken them? No, I didn't know anything about the Thurmont angle until after I failed to get the rubies. Then Croft told me Thurmont must have beaten us to it. But by that time, Thurmont was in jail for questioning concerning the murder of his aunt. Yeah. We just had to sit tight and wait until he was free to make contact with his customer. When did you first suspect that the rubies were in the golf ball? Not until Thurmont sliced them into the rough. I'm an expert on golf. I could see that he deliberately sliced those balls. Then, after you recovered the balls, you went back to the clubhouse and killed Thurmont? Croft told me to. He was afraid Thurmont would begin squawking to the police when he discovered Croft had framed him. What was your next move, Davis? Well, he tried to contact Thurmont's customer, the rich Indian importer, and discovered he'd sailed quietly for home as soon as he heard about Mrs. Wimbersham's murder. He was scared of getting involved, I guess. So the rubies weren't worth a penny to you and Croft because the one and only customer for them was on the high seas. Yeah. And by that time, we were wishing we'd never heard of the eyes of Shiva. Any more questions, Jim? No. That just about cleans up the case, Inspector. Okay. That's all, Davis. The charge is murder. Three of them. Take them away, boys. Jim, I still don't understand. If that Indian importer had sailed for home, why did Thurmont go ahead with the plan for delivering the jewels to him? Thurmont didn't know the Indian had fled, Fern, and he was desperate, desperate for money. Oh, good grief. No wonder the inspector said this was the craziest case he ever worked on. Well, you can say that again, Fern. This one almost had the Avenger battle, too. <laughs> All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought, a thought, a thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. Well, well, that's the first time I've heard of the swoosh and pop invisible beat-em-up from Jim Brandon. Interesting that he doesn't go in guns or blades and all swinging. Maybe the sheer action of him being invisible puts a mighty strain on his body. I wouldn't know, though, as I'm not the Avenger, the sworn enemy of evil. Also, when I heard one of the characters called Shiva the Goddess of Thugs, that had me laughing pretty hard. And also, that, by today's standards, is quite insensitive. However, the character themselves may have said that for that exact reason. You know, to make the audience members feel or dislike his lack of sensitivity, but not his character as a whole. Shiva herself is the destroyer of evil, lord of meditation, one of the divas, aka gods, a benevolent one at that. And, of course, one of destruction. I think that's where he's pulling it in from. Shiva is very, very powerful and still worshipped to this day. 
This aside, that statement about being the god of thuggery had me laughing instead of wincing, mostly as it was so diminutive in description that I couldn't help but think, really? Thuggery is where you went with that? Anyhow, still a twisty, curvy episode. The first episode regarding the attempted murder, the step-by-step -step laying of traps to lure the criminals into the clutches of the police, and an oncoming train. Yeah, rough. But crime, as we all know, folks, doesn't pay. No siree. Now, mates, I want to thank the legends that supercharged this show with their never-ending kindness, my Patreon supporters. First up, my jaw-droppingly awesome Ode Night Tea Titan Maya. Goodness, your support, mate, has helped me pay off subscriptions to Audio Boom for the year. As I don't run ads, I don't generate revenue from that, but your support alone pays it off in two months. You are amazing. An absolute legend. It's people like you that put my mind at ease on pushing this podcast forward. This helped out so much, and the show has been growing over the years that reaching more people require a change of plan that I'm on. Because I pump out so many episodes as well, I blow any of the regular plans out of the water, which is normally, you know, one to three episodes a month. I'm pumping out maybe 12 a month, so yeah, they had to make a bit of an exception for me, which was really nice. But because I'm lucky enough to have people like you listening at that level, right now, I don't have to worry about that. So Maya, thank you so much, you're bloody marvellous. From the bottom of my heart, mate, I really appreciate it. My white tea warlords, Ion Cows and Lee Bauer, mates, thank you both for being so epic. I've been able to sneak in some new tunes, sound effects, reach out to authors of late to acquire something different. And all thanks to you two. Cheers, mates, for your ongoing support. And of course, my legendary Elgrain forces, we have... Chad Warren, Just Heather, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, Divided by Zero, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yacone, Tea Time Drinker One, Chris Mola, and welcomed with open arms, Solstra. Woo! You lovelies are the blood that pumps through this show's veins. All of my supporters are. And every donation that is sent my way never hits my personal pockets. It always lands in the production level of this show. So I just wanted to say thank you for helping me make this show what it is. Your support is so appreciated. Now mates, I'm going to be doing an episode on Wednesday, something creepy methinks, and then I'm going to be taking a break on Friday and Monday again, not for a holiday per se, but well, I'm getting married. So I wanted to take that period off to spend some time with the family and friends and enjoy the ceremony completely, without doing the podcast or my event a disservice. If I can squeeze in another episode though, I will. I'll do my best. So mates, take it easy, stay brilliant, and as always, till next, we meet.